Welcome to the Animal Sport Podcast. I'm the host and the messenger of love, Ordo, and he is the king of hearts, Cardwiz. Build an army. Trust no one except for us. This is the Emblem Support Podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cardwiz. Build an army and trust nobody? On today's episode? Well, that's what you're supposed to do. The commercial taught me that. No, 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 no. Today it's build an army and love all of your allies. This is the Emblem Support Podcast. We get to celebrate our love of Fire Emblem each time we record this podcast, and now we actually get to delve into the nitty-gritty of what love means within this world, this universe of Fire Emblem. But before we delve into that, have you been playing anything that you love yourself recently? Well, I've been playing a lot of Super Robot Wars V. I'm actually, uh, I actually had to stop playing the final level because Cardwiz is like, no, we gotta record. And I said, no, Cardwiz, there are giant robots that need to be warred. And he said, no. But, I, I kid, I kid. Um, no, I've been playing Super Robot Wars V. I've actually been progressing to that game a lot faster than the other two entries on the PlayStation 4. And re- remind me again, like, that is a strategy game with robots, giant robots from, like, a bunch of different series across mediums yeah essentially it's uh it's, it's a really simplified like turn-based fire emblem-esque strategy game it's not quite on it's not quite on the same level but i mean that's pretty much the gist of it you take all these robot series from different animes put them together put them in a strategy crossover and then just go wild with it i love myself a good crossover i haven't played a crossover game since like project crossover on ds way back in the day well, if you do remember, there's a guy in that game named Sonder Zonvolt, the sword that smites evil. He's in quite a few of those games. Not this one, but he's he's in a lot of them. Hmm. But you would recommend your Super Robot Wars V was? Yes, sir. It's on the it's on the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. Uh, but I would recommend the PlayStation 4 version just for the simple reason that you can switch out like music tracks and stuff, and you can't do that on the Switch. I've got some news for you. I, you're going to be surprised to hear this because it's not really my thing, but I too have been playing a giant robot game. Oh my god! The day has finally come. I've finally play, started playing. Actually, I started playing and I finished playing Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim on PS4. I've been hearing a lot about that game. I think it was didn't it, it feel like it shadow dropped, and then it like exploded in popularity, and suddenly I'm just I'm hearing about it during Game of the Year discussions. I'm like, wait, what is it that I'm missing with this game? Yeah, I had never heard of this until a bunch of the Game of the Year stuff at the end of 2020 started up, and this was on a bunch of people's like, hey, don't sleep on this game. This is an amazing game. So I, I looked it up. It's made by Vanillaware, and I, you've probably heard of Vanillaware, but like the thing they're most famous for is Dragon's Crown and their beautiful 2D art style as for the characters that as they just move around on the 2D landscape. Dragon's Crown was a fun beat-em-up. Aegis Rim... 13 Sentinels is not that. It's It has two halves to the game. One of them is like sort of the visual novel that's just telling this insane story, which I don't want to spoil one bit of. There is every possible genre that you can think of is represented in here in some way, whether it be like time travel, magic girls, it, retelling stories of E.T. and I, the, I say I don't want to spoil stuff, but this is stuff that happens in the first few minutes. And this game story goes hours and hours long with crazy twists and stuff along the way. And you're playing as 13 different characters doing 13 different visual 
novel stories and you bounce between them all in whatever order you want. So you create the canon in your head of what is going on until the story sort of finally unravels itself at the end. I say it's on sale a lot. Is it just for PS4 or is it for uh, Steam as well? It is. I think it's only on PS4. It, it might be on Steam too, but I, it was just on sale on PS4. I think that sale just ended, sadly. I got it for half off and is is an amazing game. Oh yeah, there are also giant robots called Sentinels and there's a fighting section of the game, but the fighting section is an RTS with kind of really Atari almost level graphics, the way pixel level graphics. It doesn't look good, but it play is a decently played well strategy RP, RTS, real-time strategy game. So if it's on sale, go for it, right? Yeah, go for it. I play it play it for the story. The story is the the reason you go there for it. It's a fun and crazy story that I highly recommend playing through and just theorizing what the heck is going on along the way. Mm, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. How much love is there in there? There's a bit of love. You, there are 13 main characters with other ones on the side and almost all of them end up paired up in some way. So there's there's lots of love in that game, which is appropriate for this episode. Right. So, I mean, when it comes to the concept of love and, like, Fire Emblem, like, how do you feel about, like, pairings and couples? Because, I mean, it really became more popular, you know, right when Awakening did, because that was one of the big things that Awakening did, was I, to a fault, I believe it, uh, prioritized pairings and chippings and the second gen over its main story. Yeah. Awakening is fate. I went over the top with it by giving a lot of people S supports and having the child mechanics in it. And while I like that to a degree, I did think it overall was kind of bad because a lot of the writing was not that great in those games. Well, I, I won't say that like the GBA games weren't exactly novels of Pulitzer worthiness, but overall I, I think it's still, it was a step in the right direction done in a not great way. I, I love myself a story in these games. But I've said it over and over again over the course of us doing this podcast. The reason I like Fire Emblem more than most, pretty much any other strategy game is because of the characters. I love the characters. I love the way they can interact with each other. They can interact within the story. I love falling in love with different characters. And part of getting to know characters is sometimes they fall in love with each other. <laughs> And I I do enjoy that sort of thing. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It it is a part of why I love Fire Emblem. The same here, especially in the more recent years when you have two characters that are just like really super compatible. But like, and again, this isn't like, oh, only Awakening does this because there are characters that are really good with their pairings and there are really bad characters with their pairings. Like, um, you know, you and I were actually talking about, you know, what, pairings we wanted to talk about the we wanted to talk about in the episode or what we wanted to sample and we were just looking at ones from different games like sometimes you'll have a character go from their c support their b support and their a support be really good and then the s support is just flat out terrible and that's you know uh one of the ones that was cut from this episode that you and i were talking about with like frederick and cordelia or you have ones that are good at the start good at the middle um and good at the end, and then their paired ending works out well. You, it's kind of all over the place, but I feel like Fates, uh, Awakening, and a little bit of Three Houses, sometimes you have two characters, it's like, they don't mesh well at all, 
and then they end up in a pairing together. It, it's just an interesting way it goes. When you've got so many characters and you've got so many options, it's interesting that where they can take it, each other. Like, Three Houses, I, it's kind of a criticism, but also a compliment. With so many people, there are way too many supports, way too many people compared together, but you get to see combinations of characters that you would never really expect to work out and see how they work out. I, I don't want to go into it right now, but like the characters of Felix and Annette, like Felix is this ang- such an angry guy with such tra- back- tragic backstory with his brother and his beef with Dimitri and his friendships with Ingrid and uh, Sylvain. But then you got his supports with Annette, which are some of the most ridiculously cute stuff in that entire game, which I would never have expected from Felix. It, it should feel so out of character that I don't like it, but it weirdly fits. The hidden gems, basically. Yes. Like, for each, like, really out of character, this feels weird. You get out of character that feels weirdly right like that. And when they're done right, they're done really, really right. Let's talk about what we think makes a good love story. Because we're here to talk about love. I love... I want to celebrate the pairings that I really like in the world of Fire Emblem, but I want to talk about what makes them good. What exactly makes a good love story is also what makes a good standard support. Over the course of the support, I want both characters to still feel like themselves. Like, even if it feels like you wouldn't think, even if it's something you think would be out of character, like I mentioned with the Annette and Felix support. It still it's it still feels like the character, even though you wouldn't assume it would be on paper. But over the course of reading it, it still feels like, oh, this is just another side of this person. That is a good side of a support. You know, because a lot of characters, they're basically written with, like, X character in mind. Oh, this character, he's the flirt. He's the tough guy. He's the dumb-dumb. Things like that. And sometimes, like you were saying, when someone can kind of go outside of that established uh, box that their character's in then you really get to kind of see another side to them. And the other thing that the other most important thing when it comes to what makes a good love story specific support with the CBA, the most important thing, both sides have to like each other because I hate it, but that's not the case all the time in these supports throughout Fire Emblem because you will get the occasional like, really one-sided one, and sometimes it's played up for laughs, like with most of Sane's supports in Fire Emblem 7, but sometimes it's just really, really creepy, with like with Tharja, and disturbing. I will say she does have a good support with Virion. Most people have good supports with Virion. Virion is underrated, I'm telling you. But I want to be, I want to, if I want to experience a little love story as I'm playing the game, I want it to not feel like I, one character is overtaking the other character or forcing their opinions, forcing themselves onto the other person. Off the top of my head, like one of the, one of the people who's again another character I like that has probably a myriad of terrible S supports or supports other people in general is Jacob from Fire Emblem Fates because he's so devoted to Corin, uh, both male or female, that you know that's you know that's a lot of his. That's what his main concern is. And so he clashes with a lot of people, including uh, Camilla, another character from from Fire Emblem Fates. 
And they're essentially, they're a supporter essentially like, we don't really like each other or have anything in common, but then you get to the S support because there has to be an S support. And then they just get married and that's it. You know what I mean? Whereas Jacob with, uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Kagero, who you, he can only pair with her. Actually, you know what? Jacob's with you all the time if you're female corn. But Jacob and Kagero have a surprisingly good relationship, which is entirely like, whoa, Jacob? Kagero? I don't, I, I didn't, you don't really see that. But then when you read the support, it's like, wow. There's plenty, there's plenty more that's like that too. You, what you just said has helped me find the words for what I was trying to say earlier with Fates and Awakening supports. I love the fact that we get so many supports from that, but the fact that there has to be an S pretty much forces all of those CBAs to eventually turn into a romance when supports are not all about romance, When but Awakening and Fates heavily, heavily, heavily push the romance into supports when there probably shouldn't have been romance in those supports. Thank Just, you for helping me find that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember one of the first supports that we did for this podcast was between Amelia and, and Dussel. I'm not even, I'm not even sure we actually read that support out. We, we did read that one, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. But that, I mean, obviously, Amelia's like a teenager and Dussel's like a war hardened old veteran. But obviously, uh, no, we don't want to do that. But um, <laughs> it, don't, don't worry. If they, if they were in the 3DS games, they would have turned Amelia into a dragon and they would have been okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Anyways, but yeah, like their support, it's a male and female support and they even have a paired ending, but none of it is about romance in the slightest. And that's what's actually really cool. You even have some of, you even have a, you even have a lot of them three houses that are like that as well. But like you said, with Fates and Awakening, it's just like, well, character A doesn't really get along with character B, but there has to be an S. So mm. let's go a little bit further into that. Let's talk about two supports that night that we don't really like and let's just go forth and read them and sort of further explain why we don't like them if you don't mind shall i go first uh well first let's highlight what support we're going to do first because it's not all this isn't fate's awakening bash hour i want to put that first yeah yeah and i'm going to be honest that's the one i picked because it was when we first talked about hey let's talk about good and bad romance this was the first thing that came to mind when I thought bad romance. Actually, it wasn't the first thing that came to mind. It was the first of like eight things that came to mind, but I narrowed it down to this one because I think it's the worst. Well, when you said bad romance, I thought of Lady Gaga, so. <laughs> I, I don't, I barely know who that is. So, uh, when I'm talking bad romance, and I'm sorry for the bashing, I do think fates. And most importantly, I think of the fact that. Corin hooks up with all his family members potentially, or step family members, but it still doesn't make it right. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't mean to kink shame. I'm am I supposed to preface with that sort of thing? I'm, I don't like incest. I'm not a fan of incest. I I didn't like it in the message boards days of the Game Boy Advance games when every other topic when Sacred Stones was announced was twincest. Dear Lord, the internet creeps me out. Well, when you learn the meanings behind their uh, sacred name, their sacred twin weapons, then it's just like, uh, I, may, uh, I may have seen what you've done there. In, in, in those days, it, it was in mostly it was just the internet being weird and creepy. But then Fates actually came out and they made the main character be able to marry his or her siblings. And I don't 
I don't like any of those supports that go to S. It's I don't like it at all, but there's one above them all which just creeps me out the most, and that is male Corrin and Camilla. You know, Cardwiz, in a rare act of kindness, I will accept the role of Camilla. I don't know if that's kindness. I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, I you, think, uh, am, I, am I about to be traumatized? Well, no, no, no. You get to be Corrin, and Corrin is voiced by Cam Clark, and Cam Clark was Liquid Snake. So just think of yourself as Liquid Snake. Brother. Very well. <laughs> All right, I'll start this bad boy off. Behind <clears throat> deep. Corin, I've been looking all over for you. Camilla, what's wrong? What's Is something wrong? No, no, of course not. Now I'll sit down first and... I'm all ready. <sighs> this again? That's right. It's time for you to rest your precious little head on my lap. Would you like a lullaby as well? I know it's hard to... hard How hard it is to fall asleep sometimes. Camilla, it's been years since I've done that. Are you sure? It seems like yesterday to me. I could just sit here and stare at your cute little sleeping face for hours. Come on. I promise I won't kiss your cheeks while you're sleeping. Oh, who am I kidding? I can't promise that. Camilla, I'm not a child anymore. So? So our relationship has to evolve. You can't... You don't need to cuddle me to sleep anymore. I don't see why not. Look, it's... It's normal for a sister to be close to her brother, but this is something else altogether. So you're worried what people will think, is that it? Yes! I'm not a child anymore, and I need to be taken seriously. No, you're all grown up. I'm so proud of you, my sweet little brother. Are you even listening to me? Oh, dear lord, I need a shower after that support. <laughs> Like, it is I, so bad. When I was going back to read this, I thought, oh, man, this is bad. But, oh, the reading it out loud makes it even worse. Was it my voice <laughs> But the thing is, <laughs> I I have heard so much of Camilla's voice now that I kind of, like, I can, I can, I can mimic I can, how she's yeah, supposed I, to sound. I can hear her. I can hear her saying these things. And I don't, I hate that I can hear her saying these things. I hate Camilla. It's just, it's not a good support. I do applaud Corrin in this. Because Corrin's just like, what are you doing? I'm an adult now. Or he's, you know, that, that 17, 18 range. You know how it is. Japanese RPGs. But he's basically just like, I'm an adult and you don't need to do this. But what I was talking about before. One side and the other side are not, clearly not meshing. It feels like one side is pushing something towards the other, but maybe that'll change. Maybe Camilla will get better as the sport goes along. Let's find out. Ah, there you are, Corin. Ah, hello, Camilla. I, I suppose it's my nap time? Of course not. I've come to my senses. I oughtn't treat you as a child. Oh, do you mean that? My message finally got through. Certainly. Going forward, I will treat you as the adult brother you've become, now then, I was thinking we deserve a small break from this action. Shall we pop off to the local hot springs for a spell? Do a bit of a spall fortnight, as I like to call it? What? What do you mean, what? It's just a little soaking and relaxing, dear. Don't we deserve a little extra time to bond? Of course, but how, how, how do you think that would look to others? I can't let my friends fight and die while I'm soaking in a tub. 
And, basking in the rejuvenative waters of facial peels, one mustn't forget the facial peels. I'm sorry, Camilla, but I can't get away for something like that right now. Oh, I suppose not. It's just like, it's just that I feel terrible about your wretched past, being locked away for so long, unable to run wild with the other boys, let alone experience life's simplest pleasures, like splashing in the ocean or playing knights and dragons with your friends. Father didn't allow that sort of thing, did he? No. Don't you see how hard it was on me, not being able to do anything for my poor little brother? Camilla, but please don't cry. You're right. I'm being ridiculous, letting my emotions overtake me like that. Just give me a moment. Of course. To pack both of our bags. Now, will you be needing any armor, or shall we pack light? Well, better bring a set, just in case. What am I saying? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I do like the last part of that. It's, <laughs> it's still bad. It's so bad. Like, this is... I feel like I would see this in some sort of weird parody cartoon. This is so weird. It really is. And not in a good way. It's like we're having a hot, we're having the hot springs episode in the middle of a B support during a war. The, the fact that Corin says, Hey, we shouldn't do this during a war time is just, yeah. I can just see him now. They're fighting and dying on the battlefield. Corin, where are you? Lead us, lead us. And he's just soaking. Got a towel on his head, chilling, hanging out. His buddies are dying. Eh. Sure, let's go to a hot spring in the middle of battle. Whatever. The fact that Corrin himself mentions, I can't do that, we're in the middle of a war, and Camilla just goes on and on with it, and at the end of the support, Corrin's like, okay, uh, just bring whatever, and just, no, what am I saying? The fact that he's okay with it at the end, is this is such a bad support, it makes them both look so bad. But... And Corrin's the leader of the army, by the way, despite the fact that we have people like Xander, who, or even Leo, who are much more experienced in the art of war. For some reason, Corrin, the chosen one, is leading our army. And he just abandoned us to go to the hot spring with his stepsister. Can it get any worse? Let's find out. Camilla, can we chat for a minute? Of course, my sweet little Corrin. I mean, of course, Corrin. Is everything all right? You seemed so distressed the other day, and then you just ran off. I know, I just need some time to think. Time to think? Yes. Sometimes you come on so strong that my first reaction is to run and hide, but I, I realize that's pretty childish. Oh? I mean, here I am trying to get you to treat me as an adult, but I'm acting like a spoiled brat. I do need to work harder to empathize with others. I know that your intentions are pure, and... I appreciate how much you care for me, so I, I'd like to spend more time with you. I, I promise I won't run away again. Aww. Cam Camilla? My little Corin is growing up right before my eyes. So where should we go first? There's a whole world out there to explore. Oh, I, I thought you might have some ideas about that. Oh, I most certainly do. Look at this map. Did, I, did you just pull that out of your bra? Where else would I keep it? Now... Let's see. Ah, see all these circles? Yes. Is that a map of all of Noir? Indeed. Oh, I've been planning this for ages. Now, each circle represents a place I've dreamed of visiting with you. I don't know what to say, but... First on the list is this field of flowers. Here. It's absolutely sublime. 
a living work of art. This circle is a cavern filled with sparkling crystals and mysterious rock formations, and, last but not least, a secluded hot spring not far from our location. Really? Yes, I want more than anything to go together. Camilla, you meant for us to visit the hot springs from the very beginning, didn't you? Don't be ridiculous. It just so happens to be that it's a natural wonder. And it has nothing to do with the, what'd you call it, the, the facial peel? Oh, well, as long as we're there, we might as well try one or two. Well, let me think about it, okay? Oh, certainly. I can wait. I mean, I've already been waiting for years. Take your time, brother. This will be like the... This will be like the blink of an eye. First things first, they, they don't actually peel your face off, do they? Oh, dear Lord. Dear. <sighs> They're on two different... They are having two different support conversations in each one. And, oh, my goodness, it's so bad. This is so bad. And I need to find the words to why this is so bad. Okay, I will go back to the early in this A support conversation where Corin is saying he says that he's in the wrong for this. He says that he's in the wrong for what's been going on in the C and B support. He's the one who is wrong for what's going on. Apparently, he's acting like a spoiled brat as he's trying to lead this army. And he needs to work hard to empathize with others. Oh, I didn't realize that was a problem in the CNB support, but it's telling me it was here. So I guess that must have been a problem. And Camilla's helping him out with that. Just, I, I, I don't see that, but I, maybe I'm missing something. But then she's like, and then she pulls a map out of her bra. That's, wasn't expecting that in a fire emblem game. I'm going to be quite honest, but sure. Am I wrong to hate this? No, you're not. Basically, because Corn's like, because Corn. At the sea, he starts by saying, you know, I'm older now. I'm like an adult now. And he's telling Camilla that, hey, you know, you can't do this kind of thing anymore. We're both older now. You get that? But then he's going back and being like, oh, no, I guess it was my fault. I'm to blame. It's all me. It's like, Cora, no, it's not. It's like six different people wrote these supports. One for Corin, one from Camilla in each side, and none of them only shared vague notes of what the support was about. There's some good parts about this where she's like, there's parts where she's like, you know, because you were locked up in that tower for so many years that you didn't get to do other things that normal people got to do or normal, quote, boys got to do. And so she circled all these cool places in Nord, in Nord to visit. That, that part's kind of cool. But actually, yes, that is a really cool idea. Actually, the most interesting part is that she has a map of Nor, which I have never seen. There is a good idea for a support here where Camilla wants her little brother to experience the freedom of the world. She wants her little brother to empathize. And Corin wants to be a man and not be seen as being babied when he's trying to lead an army. There's a good support idea in there. But dear Lord, this execution is so bad. Very bad. Very bad. Well, at least there's only an ace. Oh, crud, there's an S support between brother and sister. I'm all packed, Corin. Are you ready for our hot spring vacation? Um, I'm actually having second thoughts about the whole thing, Camilla. You're still hung up on what other people will think. Is that it? Yes, but it's more than that. Well, why don't we just get married? No one would bet an eyelash at two newlyweds going on a honeymoon. What? How do you think people's eyelashes would respond to a brother marrying his sister? Oh, please. 
We're not blood-related, and everyone knows that. But we've lived as brother and sister for so long, and everyone knows that, too. You know, I've always been a bit sad we're not actually related, but if we got married, we would be. Camilla, are you even listening to yourself? So, is that a no? I, I think it has to be a no, right? Even though there is, is a part of me that wants to say yes. There is. Let's build on that. Look, what's the hang-up? You don't find me attractive. Gods, I had hoped to avoid this ever having this conversation. So that's that, then? You find me hideous? Oh, Camilla, no. It is just the opposite, I'm afraid. Growing up with a stunningly attractive sister who's not actually my sister, it was confusing, to say the least. And now that we're adults of no blood relation... Oh, Corin, I never knew you felt that way. Exactly. But don't you see? There's no reason to hide her love any longer. I'll say it again. We're not related. There's no taboo preventing us from marrying. We're like childhood sweethearts who have finally come of age. All right. What? Let's do it, Camilla. Let's ignore the dissenters and get married. Are you sure, Corin? I don't want to feel as though I've pushed you into this. No, I'm certain. Thanks to you, I won't have to live with regret any longer. You've shown me that being an adult means being true to yourself. I love that about you, and I love you. I love you too, Corin. Let's stay together forever. Once the war is over, we can travel travel wherever we like, even to the hot springs you've been wanting to visit for so long. Wait, we still don't get to go right now? And, and then after this, it kind of skips to a CGI scene where Camilla goes, We're a real family now, and I love my family more than anything. <laughs> this, this is parody, right? This is, this is, I, I, this is like a fan fiction fake support that I, I accidentally found online. Someone just put it on the official Wikipedia page, right? Right? This is such a terrible support. We could end this episode right now. What the heck was this? What? This is a parody. This is 100% some fake internet video, fake internet thing I find on YouTube. What? It goes back to what you say, that it feels like multiple person even wrote this support, because at one point, I got up here on the screen, he's like, you know what people will say, right? And then suddenly, like two seconds later, he's like, you know what? Forget what they say. I'm going to do it. I'm going to marry my stepsister. Bad. And it's just like... Like... <laughs> my brain is broken by this support conversation. It's just not it's like, good. It's not good. I would honestly say this is probably one of the worst supports that we've ever read on the show. But... It's also the most fun support that I've ever <laughs> I've ever read from this my point hilarious. of view. This is hilarious. This is a joke support. This is one hundred percent a joke support. I'm, I'm, apparently, I, I, I'm guessing there has to be some sort of corn slash Camilla fan base out there. I'm sorry, but this is hilarious and not in a good way. Oh is this supposed to be hilarious? I can't. I honestly can't tell. It's overall, it's a bad support. It feels like multiple people wrote it. And again, the whole thing of Corin and his siblings and step siblings 
well, actually, they're technically all his step-siblings, but it's bad. It is very bad. I have said it's bad too many times, but it is bad. I thought I found the worst. Do you think Do you think you can top how bad a romance can be? Because th- this is bad in just the biggest parody joke of a sense. Camilla is also one of those characters that has a lot of bad supports, too. Because almost all of her supports have to be like, well, but Corrin, but Corrin, but Corrin, but Corrin. But, you know, to, 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 to kind of give some credence to Camilla, she has a good support with Kaze, in which she's just straight up acting like a normal person. And she only mentions Corrin once at the very end, where she's just like, oh, yeah, I guess we got to tell, we'll go ahead and tell Corrin we're getting married. So I do want to give some credence to the character of Camilla. She does have that one good support that I've seen. Maybe if I ever play uh, Conquest, I'll pair those two up, so maybe I won't hate her. <laughs> yeah, Path of Radiance is ending pretty soon, huh? Anyways, no, no, no. So no. we'll uh, we'll close that one out. Maybe. Do you want to do you want to do a good support, or do you want to do my bad support? Let Let's get Let's get all the bad out of the way. Let's Let's try to end on this podcast on a positive note. Let's get the bad over with. Cardwiz, as you know, you and I both started with the GBA games. Therefore, there's no way that the GBA games could do anything wrong, right? Absolutely not. They're perfect. Cardwiz, I'm I'm sorry. But this bad support comes from uh, two characters that I actually like, uh, Erica and Inez. I, I like those characters, too. They must have a great pairing together. They really don't. So uh, since I'll, I'll, tell, I'll take Inez this time, I'll take the male role, and you can take uh, Erica. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair to me. <clears throat> Erica, I know this might seem sudden, but I've decided to protect you for a while. What? What do you mean by that? I was in a difficult situation at Carcino, and I must admit I owe you much for your help that day. Uh, I, I see. So now, I've decided to protect you in battle. I, I don't know how to say this, but it's unacceptable that I remain indebted to you. Oh, you and your fool pride. Regardless, you can count on me. No arrow can reach all enemies, but I can guarantee your safety. Will you accept my oath? Sure, I, I accept. Uh, thank you, Prince Ines. Follow Ines, me. How do, whatever your name is. Uh, wait, wait a moment, Ines. You're an archer. Wouldn't it make more sense if you stayed behind me? Hmm. And that's that's how their support starts off. To give a little little bit of background, when you recruit him, he's actually in a tight spot. You recruit him. Um, I think it's him, Garrick, and Tethys, and they're all being, like, surrounded by the enemy. So that's where the whole, I've been, I've been indebted to you from Carcino. That's, that's where that comes from. It's kind of a continuation of that. But out of nowhere, he's just like, okay, I gotta protect you for a while. It's just, that's how they open their sea support. Yeah, says it in, like, the most condes, in a pretty condescending way to Erica. Well, he doesn't, well, we're not really benefited with hearing his voice outside of, like, the, handful of lines that he has in heroes, but I almost feel like he's very much, um, I don't know how you put it, like basically kind of like a, a blank slate type character where he's just like, I am this guy. Oh, you know what? He's like Seto Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh. I can totally that's, that's hear perfect. it. I can, I can see Seto. I actually saw, I saw fan art of Ina's as Seto Kaiba years ago. Instantly popped on my mind. Yes. Well, I guess we know, do we need to re-record the C support with Seto Kaiba reading it? Or is he just going to interrupt the B support? Well, no, because I don't want to activate any trap cards here. I I disagree, but fine. <laughs> you, you actually insult me by not 
activating trial cards, but whatever. Fine, fine. Anyways, on to the beast support. What are you doing? What is it now, Ina? How how do we? I'm actually not sure. How do you how do you want to pronounce his name? Well, I say Enas. Enas, Enas, Enas. Okay, Enas. <laughs> what are you doing? What is it now, Enas? I told you I was going to protect you. Right. And yet, whenever the enemy shows themselves, you rush in and attack. Everyone's going to think you're the one protecting me. Well, I can't help you with your image problem, Enos. You're an archer, while I have to fight up close. That is unacceptable. I said I would protect you, and I was being quite sincere. And I appreciate that. It's nice to know that, when I cross swords with the enemy, you're never far from me with your bow at hand. Erica, you're so kind. You're so different from that brother of yours. No, not as much as you think. Maybe you only see him as a warrior, as a competitive competition, but he is a fine and gentle man, man, capable of great compassion. If you say so. I suppose I cannot doubt if it comes from your lips. Prince Enos, please, try to befriend my brother. I know that he would want this as well. I don't know why you dislike him. When I'm alone with him, he is so kind. Forgive me, but I can bear no more of this talk. When I see you look that way, I only feel jealousy for Ephraim. What? He is a hard man to forgive. Perhaps there is only one way to settle this. Francinus. That's the beast aboard. <sighs> it's so... I'm trying to think of what you would say. Like, static? Sterile? Is that the right word? It's a little bit of that, but Enos just still comes on so, like, overbearing, like, t- just trying to tell her how to fight. And it's just like, what What are you doing, dude? That's- and, and she's the general of this army. Uh-huh. And It feels very much like, I'm the man. You should listen to me. Because I said, yeah, because I said I was going to protect you. And you're running out there in the front lines. This is I'm being chivalrous. This is how you're supposed to be chivalrous. Yeah. Why don't you accept my chivalry? Maybe I'll just sum up blue eyes. So, on to the... Well, actually, sort of what we were talking about with, uh, with the Camilla and Corn support. This support kind of has that same vibe of... Are, or is this written by, like, two different people? Because the very first one just starts off with... Oh, you know, it's unacceptable that you're, you know, jumping out there. And then it very much ends with... Oh, Ephraim, I can't mm-hmm. forgive him. Like... How did it go from, I need to protect you, to, oh, your brother? Uh, and I don't know why you why I don't know why you brought this support up during the romance episode. There's clearly no chemistry or romance between these two. Why I don't know why you bring this up. Did you did you make a mistake here? Absolutely not. Oh, oh boy, let's see how it goes. Erica, forgive the intrusion, but I must speak to you at once. Francinus, what is it? First, just listen to me. Is there anyone who lays claim to your heart? What? No, there's nobody like that. I see. Then let me speak frankly. Erica, it seems I've fallen in love with you. What? This is no place for jokes, Enos. Why would you say something like that? This is no joke. I'm completely serious. These feelings surprise me as well. I, I don't know what to do. Fighting at your side all this time, the emotion just exploded within me. I love you. I could not bear to see you in the arms of another. Prince Enos, I, I... I... No, 
Erica, do not answer now. I have not yet bested a frame. I have not earned the right to woo you. Why, why are you bringing my brother into this? With a man like him around, I can see why you show no interest in suitors. If I prove myself his superior, you will surely accept my hand. And if I fail, I release any claim to your affection. But I swear it on the depth of my love that I will destroy that man, Erica. I will expect your answer, then. That's all I have to say. It is... What an infuriating man. Why does he have to be so... This isn't a romance support. This is clearly not a romance support. This is a stalker support. And they have a paired ending. No. Yeah. They have actually, you know what? Let me see if I can find it right now. Like I said, not all supports have to be romantic. This could be like a one-sided love story with the A support ending with Erica saying, "No. Don't I turn you down." And that would be okay. That would be a good story. Here's the ending. It says, after the reconstruction of Renee, which is their um, kingdom, uh, Enos challenged Ephraim to a duel. The match ended in a tie. After the fight, Erica acknowledged her love for Enos, and the two were wed with Ephraim's blessings. What love for Enos? Exactly. There's no... It's very much a one-sided thing, and even then it only appears in, like, the A support. So... It's just, it's the support that just kind of goes everywhere without really even being a focus. Like, if you wanted to do a, uh, C support that's like, oh, we're continuing on from a story thing, then jumping to the C, to the B, to the A, Natasha and Joshua are perfect for that. But this? This is a mess that has a paired ending. And then you throw in the obsession with her brother on top of this? It's like, it's not a three-way support, dude. All right, it's been enough time. I think I've gotten all the heebie-jeebies out of my system after that. those last two supports that I never want to think about ever again in my life. Let's move on to something slightly more wholesome. Let's move on to some of the, what we think is some good love-centric supports in Fire Emblem. You and I went ahead and chose two that were actually good and that we liked, but I've got something a little head cannony for mine, so I want to go with yours, your choice first. Very well. Mine... It's stereotypical. I, it's a, no surprise, it is from Fire Emblem 7, since that's my favorite Fire Emblem game. I picked one of my favorite supports from that game. It, rereading it, there's nothing outstanding about it, but just reading it, I just find I really like it. It's a little tropey, but I like tropes. It's the story of a lady and her knight. The support between Lynn and Kent. Lady Lindis, how fair you. Kent, I'm glad to see you you here, but I'm fine. Do you, do you doubt my abilities? Of course not, Lady Lindis. You know me better than that. Still, one can never tell what will happen on the battlefield. Please, take care, good care of yourself. Thank you, Kent. It's nice to know you're always looking out for me. But of course, I am the Lady Lindis' servant. It is my duty. Dot, dot, dot. Lady Lindis? Nothing. Nothing. Let us go, Kent. Milady. A nice, solid seat support between a lady and her knight. Between Kent and Lynn, we've got Kent talking about how he's always going to be their protector. Lynn saying, Lynn being Lynn and being a little, hey, did you doubt my abilities? But Kent straight up saying, no, I don't doubt your abilities at all. It's the both characters are acting within character and they are having a discussion with each other. But there are still the problems that come up with this because 
Lynn believes she can protect herself and wants everyone else to know she can protect herself. And Kent is being the noble knight that he is always upright trying to be. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Lynn is that, and this is actually basically hinted at in throughout the game that, you know, Lynn, even though she is of noble birth, she's also born of the Sakaian people as well. So she doesn't act like a typical, you know, quote unquote lady. So her probably being out there in front and just battling like she always would as a Sakaian person is probably like uh, kind of kind of strange to Kent. From his journeys with her through the Lynn story, where you can't get the sports, he one hundred percent knows she is capable and is totally cool with her being on the front lines. But he's still going to be there to protect her because he's the knight. I that's what they're going. That's what's going to happen. And again, both of these people are within character, and uh, it's it's so nice to have two characters who feel like. They are in character after a read of those last two supports. Yeah, I mean, between between Kent and Sane, you know, your typical red and green duos that you have throughout the series, other than, say, like, Three Houses, you know, there's typically one that's the serious one, and there's one that's kind of the, uh, the jokey one. But uh, Ken's pretty much playing it straightforward on this one. And on to the B. Lady Lindis. Kent? Is something the matter, Lady Lindis? Your sword seems, un- seems unsteady. Does something trouble you? You know me too well. Have you been watching me all this time? Yes. I apologize for my imprudence. Still, how could I stand before Lord Howson should anything befall Lady Lindis? Just because my grandfather is who he is doesn't mean you should worry about me over much. I can do just fine on my own, like I did on the plains. Lady Lindis, forgive me for saying this, but you are not your usual self. Whatever is wrong... It's... Nothing, really. Might there be some way I can be of assistance? Kent? Milady? Why do you stay with me, by my side? Is it because I'm the granddaughter of the Lord of Caelan Castle? Lady Lindis? You are... I'm... I'm sorry. Please forget what I said. Lady Lindis. I really, really like this B-support. It might be a little bit reading into it, but, like, it comes across to me like they both like each other but kent is trying to be professional and lynn is like are you only with me because you're supposed to be my knight it's just i i am a sucker for that stereotypical story of the lord and their then their knight it's honestly this is kind of what i wish that uh crom cordelia was a little bit yeah i mean i i i also like this type of uh, support too, where it's the knight and the lord. It, I mean, it works very well. I mean, I'm a big fan of it when it comes to Erica and Seth and Sacred Stone for almost the exact same reasons. And again, what we were talking about earlier, both what the big reasons why I like the support and why I think it works as a good romance support as a build. Both of these characters feel like they're in character and they both mutually feel like they like each other. But both of these characters have those doubts because Kent is like, Am I being too professional? Do I need to not say these sort of things? And Lynn is like, is he being, is he only with me because he is my knight? I just, I, I, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. I love it. On to the gay. Lady Lindis. Kent. There is something about which I must speak with you, if I may. I really should be going. Uh, please listen. Kent, uh, unhand me. I am sorry, but I cannot. If I let go of your hands now, I would regret it for the—I would regret it from the rest of my life. What, Lady Lindis? I would like to answer your question the other day. Dot dot dot. 
I am here for you. Even if I were not a knight, even if you were not my lady, my heart would not change. Kent. So, I hope that you will forgive me, should I continue to stay by your side. Yes, of course. And not as Lindis, but as Lynn. Yes, Kent. Stay by my side. Always. There you go. It's not Shakespearean. It's just a solid love story. It's C to B to A. It's just all right there. Both characters are within character. And it it's what it is, and I'm very happy about that because it is straight up a love story, like at being told through the supports. That's why I really like this as a little love story. I mean, it, it's very basic, but it gets the job done. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm very happy with the sport. I really like it. It, it, everything fits. I love it. Yeah. I mean, everything you said actually goes really well. It's not zany or wacky or over the top. Like if you were to compare sane, like a lot of his supports, and I'm not sure if he has any paired endings, but like sane's flirtations, they all end up being kind of like these over the top. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Wait, what type deals? I mean, it's, it's, in, it's in character for sane, but when you compare it to this, uh, yeah, I think it's much better. And th- these are characters are both tropes, like like we mentioned before. Kent, the straight-laced knight. Lynn, the princess who wants to fight. But because they're tropey, but they still play it so straight and sh- so real, it works that much better, in my opinion. But... We have one last support to go, Cardwiz. I picked uh, picked one from Awakening. I actually had a very tough time picking just one because I wanted to go. Because um, I was like, well, I could either go Virian Olivia, Virian Church, or I could jump to Fates and go Benny and Charlotte. But overall, I wanted this one because I wanted to throw a little headcanon stuff in here. <laughs> I do love me some headcanon. Uh, but yes, I chose Virian and Olivia from Fire Emblem Awakening. I take it I shall be Olivia? Yes, sir. Actually, Cardwiz, let me stop you right there. What she's ah. actually singing is the level up theme. Da la la la. No, da 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 da. Tra la la la. Oh ho. Who's there? My apologies, fair maiden. I had no wish to startle you. Viren. Oh my goodness, it's only you. Goodness indeed. It appears the young maiden trusts me as a friend. Although speaking as a man of passion, I am unsure if this pleases me or not. What, what do you mean? Ah, uh, it is of no matter. Now please, tell me more of your intoxicating promenade. I find it strange you are performing a dance for two all by your lonesome. You're familiar with this dance? I have, on occasions, taken the gentleman's part. I don't suppose you'd care to show me your, the steps. I, I mean, if it's no trouble, I'm trying to learn it, you see, but it would be so much easier w- with a partner. Virion has never refused a plea from a damsel in need, and he shall not now. I will teach you what I know. I will teach you everything. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Virion's fun. He, he He comes in smooth like he always does. And he catches Olivia off guard. Um, I really like this because it's just a really simple intro. And a lot of Virion's like, supports actually start out like this. And plus it actually plays into Olivia being a dancer and him being a nobleman. And if you can kind of like headcanon what kind of things a noble would do, they go to dances and balls and all that stuff. So I think it works really well. 
Absolutely. It's been a while since I played Awakening, but I do remember being that Virian being that sort of Renaissance man who knows a little bit about everything, especially if it connects to the noble heritage. Yeah, actually, and there is a line here that I want you to pay attention to. He says, speaking as a man of passion, remember that. <laughs> so let's go to the B support. <clears throat> and step and step and back. Like that? Ah, it brings a tear to my eye. You have captured it perfectly. Well, it's all thanks to my kind and patient teacher. A lady should be handled like a baby bird, gently, and never yet, and never, and yet ever mindful that at any moment she could fly away. No one would care if I flew away. My lady Olivia appears to be unaware of her many talents and charms. Stop it, Viren. You're just saying that because I happen to be standing here. That they are hidden behind a gawky exterior makes them all the more beguiling. Okay, maybe don't stop. That is why your dances inspire so many of us on the battlefield. But, if I may be so bold, a little more confidence would not be entirely remiss. Thank you for your honesty, Virian. I, I appreciate the praise. Even if it's just idle flattery, it, it makes me want to try harder. Idle flattery? My lady, you wound me. I speak as one possessed by beauty. See, now I know you're lying. You say the exact same thing to all the girls. Perhaps, but it is never a lie. Right. But if everyone is as beautiful as you claim, doesn't that mean that... Ahem. That is enough chit-chat for today. We must continue our lesson. Yes, of course. Ready when you are. <laughs> I like the B too. Like Virian, he's totally, he's totally starting getting his element. And then it, what kind of gets me is that first she's like, you know, you, you can stop Virian. And then he gives her another compliment. And she goes, uh, maybe you can continue giving me compliments. Yeah. I really like that. I don't re remember Olivia ever having a moment where she enjoyed being praised like that. That I really enjoyed that little conversation. That was fun. And, and even though, like, and she also kind of calls him on, like, what Virian's deal is. Because, you know, mm -hmm. he's a flirt. He flirts with, like, almost all the women in the army and Libra. Um, but, yeah, and so <laughs> it's just it's just good. Good, solid support. Tra-la-la-la-la. Ah, if it isn't my little dancing bird. Practicing solo again, are we? Oh, hello, Virian. I was just rehearsing the steps for this new dance. It's very ardent. Yet you find it difficult to do so alone, am I correct? Oh, well, yes, actually. How, how did you know? Tisk tisk, I am your teacher. I know these things. Well, then, I simply have to instruct you personally. Well, that would be fine, except... Yes? Well, it, it's just that you're so very good. Far better than me, actually. I, I have two left feet. No, two left hands where my feet should be, so when you're close, I'm just... I get so nervous. So you prefer to dance alone, then? This is your solution? Uh, yes. Very well. As you are a lady fair, I shall respect your wishes. However, as you dance, I shall be dancing right along with you. There is no need for hand-holding or the exchange of sultry glances. I can exert you perfectly from well across the room. Would, would you mind? <laughs> My dear lady, I have done far worse in the name of far less. Shall we begin? And a one, and a two? Scene <laughs> transition. 
You're right. It's so much better when you have a partner, even if the partner is spinning just across the room. It is a dance meant for two, my lady. That is the only way to do it justice. Oh, Virian, I'm, I'm so glad I asked for your help. You are not the first to utter such a sentiment. Thanks to you, I've perfected yet another dance. I'm starting to believe I might have some talent after all. I am pleased that the, no, that the knowledge granted by my noble pedigree could be put to use. Uh, he's so dreamy. Hold on, did you say something? What? Who? Me? Oh, gosh, no, but uh, do, you, do you think maybe I could have another lesson soon? Boom! Another really solid A support. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that Olivia is has fallen head over heels for Varian. The only question is, has Varian fallen completely head over heels with Olivia, or is it as Olivia proposed, just another the way he talks to all girls? Yeah. Again, I mean this this continues on from an excellent B support, as in they're still training and they're practicing and Virian's even social distancing, you know, and this was back in 2013. So, I mean, he's way ahead of his time, mm -hmm. but it's medieval. So anyways, we won't worry about that, but yeah, again, I, I love how the C to the B to the A, they all connect. It's not like stunted or jolted, or it's not like, um, you know, there's plenty of supports in awakening and fates and the three houses where it's like, the C is kind of a thing, the B doesn't make sense, the A is disjointed, and the S is a mess. But will this S be a mess, Cardwiz? I'm crossing my fingers. I have some I have some high hopes. Ah, sigh. A tisk, such a world-weary and forlorn sigh ill suits my young protege. Oh, sorry. I might be able to help if only you were to share to me the nature of your sorrow. In my time, I lift lifting the cares from the shoulders of many a mournful maiden. No, please, uh, Virian, just, just leave me alone. It breaks my heart to see a woman in such desperation, especially one whom I love with all my being. St stop it, just stop. You don't love me. You're just saying those things again. You do not believe me? <laughs> I wager you say that to every girl you see. Love probably strikes you three times before breakfast. There you are wrong. I have never said to anyone, ever. Truly? Truly, my dear. But you're, you're always asking girls to marry you. I admit, I am quite fond of proposing to, well, most anyone I meet, but I have never told none that I loved them with all my heart. I, I don't know. Olivia, tell me, do you feel strongly as I feel for you? Of course I do, you foolish man. I've loved you from the moment we met. Then perhaps you'll accept this gift as a proof of my affections? It's a ring. For, for me? Oh, look at how beautiful it is upon your finger. Like a butterfly in the moonlight, it sparkles. It does look beautiful. At last, I have made you smile. Would you care to dance together to celebrate this wonderful moment? Oh, Varian, of course. And the S support? What do you think? We get the mutual affection. Boom. If it's my two criteria, both feel like they're in character, both like each other mutually. I, I'm very happy with this. The C to the B to the A to the S. Even even Virian's last line here where he asked, you know, do you want to dance together? Because remember, at first, they weren't dancing together at all. They were dancing with each other or he was instructing her. But now it kind of like fits together that he's accepted her hand and she's accepted his in this wonderful dance to celebrate their love together. And it's actually a good S support, which is kind of rare. Everything works. 
I'm very pleased with this. Me too, me too. But wait, Cardwiz. Oh, what? I, uh, I told you about the headcanon. Are you ready to deep dive? I'm, I've got, I'm a scuba suit. Let's do this. All right. If you notice how Virian's dressed, you'll notice that with his blue hair, his blue uh, archer's like jerkin, I think it's called, and his pants, all of his attire is called blue. I mean, all of his attire is blue, right? That is correct. In the Japanese version of Awakening, Inigo's name, which is Virian's son, or sorry, which is Olivia's son, is named Azur, and Azur is blue. Oh, okay, snap. okay, okay. Inigo wears all blue as well. I'm not done yet. Not done yet. So, Virian is from the land of Roseanne, which is in Valm. When you find, or when you go to recruit Inigo, where is he at? Hmm, I cannot picture where he is at. He is in Valm. What? Inigo, Inigo is also a dancer as well, right? Mm-hmm. It, totally, it totally makes sense. Cardwiz, I'm going to go a step further. In the DLC called, um, oh man, I can't remember what it's called. Something of Fate. I think it's Heirs of Fate. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Anyway, it's the Awakening DLC that lets you see like an alternate timeline with alternate versions of the kids. When Virian meets, if he married Olivia, when Virian meets, um, Inigo, he calls him the sunniest of sons. With with the letter U, so S U N, sunniest of sons. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Inigo is in Fire Emblem Fates, but he's under the new name of like Laszlo. Whenever Laszlo pairs with um, any of the female characters, he has his own kid. Her name is Soleil. Soleil means sun in French, and Virian is a French-inspired noble. Boom. Head cannon. That sounds like cannon to me. There you go. It's pretty good. It's it, it's pretty good. And it took me a while to come up with that, but uh, those are, those are some fun connections. I could I, I could definitely read it. I, like I I don't know when when I'll ever be able to actually talk about that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured like yeah, you know what? Why not? We'll throw it in there. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my opinion differs from yours. Who cares? It's all it's all good fun. Yes, it is. But you know, we're not actually quite done yet because we took to Twitter. And we asked you all what what characters that you liked together, whether that be like official or unofficial or characters that you just enjoy. So I've got the first one here from Mr. Or I'm sorry, from William O at Not in Freaky, and he says, Clive and Matilda were a pretty great as a power couple. Felt like I felt like the core of my team once I got them. Bernadetta and Yuri also make an under make an unexpectedly good couple in three houses too. So he gave us two of them, and I'll start with Clive and Matilda and say they are wonderful. If you've never, like, seen their supports, go, because they're so amazing. I actually like Bernadette and Yuri. That is a very solid one. Bernadette and and Yuri, I I looked up, uh, I thought it was okay. The only weird part that I didn't like about it was the fact that it kind of, like, tries to make her father out to be a good guy, and we know he isn't. Yeah... That's the only, like, big bad part about that. But, I, I I like how they tried to incorporate more him more into her character, tried to more flesh out Bernadetta, though. Yeah, I can see that. It's just, you know, after the other support with, like, was it Byleth or is it Edelgard? 
were the ones who's like, I, oh, he I, tied I me both, in. I think both of them mention the father to a degree. Okay, okay. Yeah, but in those, he's painted in a very, very, very poor light. And that's why I, I have a little bit of trouble. Not, not because of Bernadetta and Yuri themselves, but because of the impl- implementation of the father in their support. Oh, and one more thing about Clive and Matilda. Uh, while they do have a CB and A support, they also have a what's called a memory prism, which is like uh, it's two. Com- it's a conversation between the pair, but it's like way in the past, and it's ama- it's amazing too. <laughs> uh, Liam at Liam Strong sent or Liam Strong twenty sends us one that says, "Nami and Colm from the Sacred Stones were always the most precious duo to me when I was ten, and still is now." I thought they were really good too. I can see it. I, I, I love their their friendship. I, lo- I like how they bounced off of each other. I'm very happy about that one. And, like, Naomi's whole thing is that she's kind of like this crybaby and Colm's always the person that's standing up for her. And, basically, Naomi just follows him everywhere and always has. And, <laughs> if I remember right, <laughs> I want to say, I'm trying to recall the support, I believe Colm actually says something along the lines of, like, Naomi's father it might have been his might have been her grandfather really didn't like home and like she purposely shot at him with arrows <laughs> you make me want to go back and play sacred stones now mm, well, you know yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. uh chris at raging atrocity sends us one and this one i'm actually embarrassed i forgot this one because this is an amazing one uh they say catherine and shamir are of course the quintessential fe couple in my mind and they send us a couple I- other ones I definitely consider putting that one for the one I love. Oh, me too. It is a good support. It's an amazing support. And it's because it, like I think about like the other like gay supports that they've had so far, like with, um, fates. And it feels like because of the characters they chose, it's so weirdly over the top and it, it feels like it, they don't really treat them as people or as characters. They kind of treat them as, I don't know. I probably don't have the right, I'm probably not even like saying it right, but it's between Niles and Melkorin, and I want to say it's uh, Rajat and Female Corin. And both of those supports are just so like, ugh. I don't like either one of those characters yeah. or the supports. I, it's been a, I haven't read the, the, the Fates one since they came out, and I don't remember how those went. I don't, I don't remember liking them. I'll definitely say that. Yeah, but Catherine and Shamir, they're like perfect. Because they're not over the top. It's not really corny. These characters already have a pre-existing history, which only adds further into their support and their eventual marriage and ending. Catherine and Shamir are perfect. Mm-hmm. And they go on to say, I'm also a huge fan of Jill and Leith. Jill and Leith, I don't think I got the, I don't think I got their support. I don't think, well, they could be. But really, I, I don't think they have a paired ending. I'm not sure. I just I just asked them to send whatever pairings that people liked, had you know, official or not. Um, but I know Jill's whole thing is her overcoming racism, and like Leith helps her with that. And at the very end of their support, like you know, Leith takes her hand out and shakes Jill's hand, and she's just like you know, I believe they forgive each other, and they basically kind of start on that new road. I could see them going down a path to be with each other. I do not remember them being a couple at all, but I could be misremembering that. It's... I also could be misremembering because I've only played this game. Well, this is only my second time playing Path of Radiance. But they again, like maybe they maybe they they have an amazing support in Radiant Dawn. <laughs> mm. Well, well, 
Um, then they, they give us, they, you know what, you know, what, uh, Chris, you gave us a lot. Thank you very much. Cause I like, I like being able to read comments out. Yeah, it, it made me think like I would have never imagined those two as a couple, but hey, maybe I could re- maybe I could read into that. And again, maybe there's something that happens in Radiant Dawn, but I don't. I try to erase Radiant Dawn from my memories. Yeah, and they also put I found Libra and Thuria to be cute too, due to the whole opposite opposite attract angle. They actually, I'm trying to remember them. I might have forgotten to look this one up, but I think they were good too. Yeah, I don't know if I ever paired those two together. It is. Uh, it's a funny support because Noir... Because it, it kind of fits because Libra has this good-hearted nature and you can kind of see where that comes from in their daughter, Noir. And then, um, like, Libra purposely goes out of his way to be hexed instead of Noir. And it's just it's funny. You know what? I could, I could 100% seeing that taking Noir into account. That actually makes a whole lot of sense. Like, I... With Noir, I always thought the most logical co- father was probably Virian, but now that you say that, Libra makes even more sense. Well, Virian wouldn't make sense. I know we're kind of we're kind of swerving off here. Virian wouldn't make sense because he tells Tharia that, quote, those hex doodads don't work on me. And uh, Noir makes a comment that says, oh, well, you were always getting hexed by my mother instead of me. So that doesn't make sense. Maybe one day we'll do... Uh, a- Mm, that's an idea. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, let me put that it's in the def- back pocket. It's, it's definitely a possibility for the future of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, they go, uh, Takumi with either Leo or Camilla was always adorable. I'm going to... Oh, boy. I don't like Leo. Or I, I, like, I don't like Takumi and Camilla. I really don't. Camilla is basically... I, I remember trying this... Um, I remember, I actually remember trying this out because people were like, oh man, it's really good. But I was reading through it. I'm just like, Takumi just comes off as super, super whiny. And Camilla is like treating him like a two year old the entire time. It didn't resonate with me. If it resonates with you, that's fine. But I did, I personally didn't like it. All I remember is Takumi is the true hero of fates. So whatever sport he was involved in was probably good. <laughs> Takumi and Leo, I think they're two. I think they do similar personality for me personally. Again, I'm not, I'm overall, I'm not a big fan of the Fates Royals anyways, and I'm, I can't even really recall their supports, but again, Hey, if you like it, that's totally fine. Uh, Liam 20 actually sent us an, sent us another one. He goes, uh, sorry. They say this reminds me of shipping between Kaiza and Raynal from Radiant Dawn. Kaiza would also make a great non-binary character too. And I actually had to remember who Kaiza was. And Kaiza is that, Lagoos, who is like I think it says in one of the guidebooks that he's gay, but it, what, but how do you spell his name? Uh, K Y Z A. I know he's a general of some sort. I believe he's uh, Skamir's right hand man. Right, I remember liking Kaiza well enough. I don't remember him. I just remember that much like Vika in this game, he doesn't get much screen time, so there's not so much to get. There's not so much for him to have a personality with. But on the flip side. They also say that he can make a not great non-binary character. So, I mean, with there's so little, maybe he could be a non-binary character, you know? And Rainolf, I bl- I'm not sure about Rainolf. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm thinking of Radiant Dawn. No, he doesn't have any supports in Radiant Dawn. I'm not even sure they have, like, an ending. I know Rainolf has an ending with Ike, which is which is rarely talked about. But uh, I could see it, maybe. But uh, our very last one is from Mirion at Mirion 2. 
and they say Marianne and Dimitri from Three Houses. I I would have put that as one of my choices, but we did do that support in another podcast. I I love that couple. They fit so well together. Yeah, I don't think I I I don't think I got all the way to their ending though because I think I accidentally a supported to do, and Thanks. I think I think to do I think do do has a higher precedence for to be in the pair ending than any of the other characters. But yeah, Marianne, Marianne and Dimitri is super, super good. But yeah, um, I mean, that brings it into the comments. Thank you so much, everyone, for giving us comments. I love reading comments out on the show. And hey, maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe our maybe our opinion's not right. And of course, you got any gripes, send us to uh, Emblem Supports. I'll be happy to read I'll be happy to read your comments. But Card was I I think we gotta move on, don't we? We have to tread that path of radiance once more. Chapter 22. Solo. Woohoo! We've taken Dane! It's been captured, but, uh, uh, whoops, Ashnard and all of his best troops marched to Crimea already. Yeah. Good news! Benyon has arrived with General Zelgius. He has arrived to help support Ike because Benyon is so nice and good to us. That's, that's their motivation, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, why, why else would they show up right now? What do you think of what do you think of uh, Zelgius' design? I really like Zelgius' design. Like it's it feels weird like a character we don't see that much of gets such a cool design, but I'm oh well I'm 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 happy with it. I got no problem with it. Him in his big bulky armor. Not only does he have a cool design, but in his Radiant Dawn artwork, his pose, it's Ike has the exact same pose for his Smash Brothers 4 render. <laughs> They must have some sort of connection. I, I can't imagine what it'd be, though. Yeah, I cannot either. Soren decides to rain on everyone's parade because he points out, hey, Binyon is probably trying to take credit for all the war victories that we're getting, so yeah. be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably that's probably one of the first times where Soren interrupts everyone, and he's like, he makes a good, valid point. You know, he's telling everyone, hey, if they're the ones showing up and doing all the conquering, when the time comes to put everything back in place we're going to be owed to Binion, and that's not good. We have to make our victories our own. We have that discussion, and it's time to move on to the start of the chapter. And we actually get a nice little info tab conversation. I noted one that we have with Soth, or as my autocorrect has decided to name him, Sothby. Well, I, that, that's a weird autocorrect, because Sothby isn't even a word, I don't think. But it's not autocorrecting it. So Sothby is a word? I don't know. I'm confused, but he gives us, he, he is from Dane, he admits, and he tells us the perspective of what's going on in the Dane slums, how they perceive Crimea and how they perceive what's been going on, which I can't imagine that being of any importance in a future sequel. Of course not. Yeah. I don't know why they even included this. It's dumb. But, but I mean, it does give you like an insight of what's actually happening because let's face it, a lot of the times we just play the conquering hero and we don't think about the consequences, but here... We're seeing the consequences of our actions. Not to say that, you know, hey, they didn't, you know, that the Dan's army didn't. <laughs> it's hard to say those people had it coming, but you know what I mean? Yeah, the, one of the best things about this game is it gives multiple perspectives of the war, including like 
the place that's doing all the conquering that we're viewing as the bad guys is giving us the perspective of the poorest of citizens. It does this multiple times, and I really like that, that they give us that. And the thing is, like, we know that everyone in our army isn't, like, the most pure-hearted or good person either. You can imagine that there are soldiers on the lower ranks that are taking advantage of this. As we move on to the actual battle part of this chapter, we are heading towards that Palamani temple that uh, Nasir told us about at the end of the last chapter. And within that temple, there are a bunch of mercenaries there. And we hear from the head of the mercenaries named Schaefer, who proclaims Dians for sissies as he kidnaps a bunch of priests and threatens to kill them if they don't try to hurt us. Very classy. Very classy, Schaefer. Yeah, so basically what we, ha- what we have here is a hostage map. Mm-hmm. Hope you got enough people who can shove, because when I brought people on this map, I brought a bunch of horse units, so I didn't wasn't able to really shove people. Oh, you shoved them. You shoved them into the dirt under ho- horse hooves. Yeah, sadly, that doesn't really work out that way. So I, I ended up... You start at the south end of the map, go to the north. There are two treasure rooms on the side with like 30 priests and bishops around. And they also have long-distance magic as well. Yeah. I I screwed up this map because, like I said, I didn't bring enough people who were capable of shoving, or at least I didn't put them in the right place. So I got into a position where I had to actually kill a a bishop or I risked getting one of my people killed, so... I ended up killing one or two guys here, and I'm not happy about it. I ended up having to kill several people. I tried my best not to kill too many of the priests, but unfortunately, my overcautious nature cost me a character. Oh, you, you, you lost the life of that priest with a name, probably. That's who it was. No, no, someone on my side. No! I lost you- Shinon. No! The hero! everyone's favorite racist. I lost Nephany too. No, what, wait, what? No. Yeah. I lost Shinon and Nephany to this map. Shinon (laughs) was Shinon. I was so mad. I just used an occult scroll on him. Oh, literally, literally in the preparation screen for this. I used a cult scroll to give him the skill dead eye. Oh no. I was so mad. I literally sat there and just stared at my GameCube. I'm like, I could just reset. I could just reset. But then I thought about the purity of the podcast, and I couldn't do we're, that. That's right. We're we're Iron Manning this. We can do this. Thankfully, I didn't run into any other issues. Managed to get through without losing anyone because I'm awesome. And once we take over and defeat Schaefer, the sissy who died, we end up finding a room in this temple. And within that room of the temple, it is covered, all of the walls are covered in a strange language, which is the language of Serenus. And it's glow, and it's like flashing and glowing blue, too, once um, Rayson actually enters in the room. And what we end up learning is that it was a, a, it was a heron named Lila, which was Rayson's oldest sister. They captured her because they wanted her to revive the Dark God, but she didn't have that power. And we actually learn here that a that a Bjork was actually taking care of her and learned to communicate with her a little bit. And that Bjork was Elena, Ike and Mist's mother. We learned that Liliana apparently gave her a medallion of some sort. Ike, is, uh, Ike, Ike ends up putting the pieces together, too. Putting all, together all the story pieces. We learned that only a girl named Ultima can sing the song of release. Did I have that note right? 
Yeah, yeah. I think there's an error right there. It's supposed to spell Altina with an N, but we won't actually see her. We we don't actually see her until Radiant Dawn in a small CGI like picture, and she won't actually be a playable or important character until Fire Emblem Heroes in 2018. All right. <laughs> uh, before this chapter ends, we get some little bit of fun dialogue as Ike talks about how he, he the Black Knight killed Grail. I'm trying to remember exactly because of my the note I wrote is so vague, but I wanted to mention it because basically Ike reveals that he was there when his father died, and Titania is like, "What the hell? Tell me who killed Grail in all caps." Yeah, Titania. Like, go back to when we were starting to play this, and you remember Titania, like, sitting out in the woods by herself, sobbing herself, uh, sobbing to herself for that night. Now she knows that Ike knew the entire time. She wants to know who killed uh, Grail. And I think she actually ends up leaving the room. It's just, it's, it's, man, I would love to see a remake with this, because I want to see what a voice actor could do with that. Now we move on to chapter 23, The Great Bridge. Do you like holes? I'm okay with holes. Cool. Oh, I'm, I have a feeling we're going to love this map. But before we get to the map, I give Zelgius an order. Hey, you guys protect the rear. We got this up ahead because we want all the credit. They also end up passing up all the rights to rule Dayan to Zelgius. And Zelgius ends up passing them on, obviously, to who he serves, which would be Benyon. So now Benyon occupies Dayan. We also learn through conversations that something that I absolutely love that it's been a year since this all started. I actually have the same note on here too. Yeah. I love that. We're actually talking about how much time has actually passed. I love it. I love it. I love it. Gives more weight, gives more feel, gives more realness to the world. I love it. But it turns out all of this success over the course of this year, Ike has apparently inspired uh, Gallia to help support Crimea officially. Yeah. And then a little bit afterwards, Ike has to fill in Rainoff on the situation with Nasir. We learned that uh, apparently Nasir was working for both Dane and Gallia as double or triple agent. Easy there, Ocelot. And we also get a fun info conversation with Amy as she continues to stalk Ike, and she ends up giving Soren a one-of-a-kind hammer and staff. Ikey poo. Uh, <laughs> run, run, Ike. Run, Ike. Well, it's time to go to a bridge where there are a bunch of holes because it was poorly put together, or because... Patrine is a jerk. It's finally time to take on Patrine. I've been waiting for this. I know. It's it's like, man, I want to I want to kill you. We've seen her multiple times. She she's a coward. She just cut been a thorn in our side long enough. She I wish she'd been around a little bit more because it would have been a little bit sweeter but and she was around enough. We know she's an enemy. She's one of the four generals of Dane. And we're here to take her on and if you wait long enough, Har shows up and shows up at the rear. But luckily, if you bring Jill with you, she'll be able to talk to her and you can recruit him. <laughs> I was I was freaking out because I, like, I saw her on the map and what he does, rather than just stay in a static place on the map, he actually goes underneath the level at the very start. I'm just like, oh, I thought this is where we were supposed to recruit her, but I guess not. Then later on, he reappears behind your army. So uh, definitely be sure you're not uh, hanging around the back too long. Yeah, make sure you, you're not stuck in any holes because mm, Har will catch up to you. And there's also a bunch of uh, ballistas on this map. There's also a sage who's casting Blizzard on this map, as my Jill learned before the turn before she could recruit Har, found out. No. 
Yeah, this was a very bad chapter for me. This turned out to be a bloodbath for me. Oh, no. I ended up losing Jill, and I not only did I lose Jill, I got cocky. I got cocky on this map because my boy, my racist boy, Shannon, he dodged like five straight attacks. So I was like, okay, he's good enough. He's, he's able to dodge everything. I can just put him up ahead and he can dodge some of these attacks and provoke people so I can protect my other people. Turns out he, he dodged five in a row and then he got hit five times in a row and finally died. Ah, uh, so we're, we're both on the Shannon death train this time. Yeah, and I might have also given him a scroll of some sort. Oh, no. <laughs> we both did the same thing and lost the same person. I blame the occult scroll. The occult scroll is just bad luck and does nobody any good. Except for Ike. <laughs> oh, you, you give that to Ike. You give that to Ike. Immediately. Not, not only does uh, Har show up from behind and chases you down in this battle and I eventually did have to kill him. Someone else shows up. Uh, Bastion and Lucia show up in the bottom left hand. And who are Bastion and Lucia, you ask? They're Alencia's retainers of Crimea to some of the people who actually knew who Alencia was. And they show up and see us battling and just kind of sit back and watch, kind of. Yeah. To go, to go a little bit further with Lucia, Lucia was raised along alongside Lu- Alencia. Even though, like, she's her retainer, they're more like sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mo- we move throughout the map, marching right to left, t- marching over holes, eventually shutting down Patrine, and you get her stupid lance, which isn't going to do many people many good because it's magic-based attacks. Yeah, I did. I did see that. I was just like, I, well, kind of skipping ahead just a little bit. On the next map, I tried to see what um, her lance would do for a lot of my characters. And I was just like, this doesn't really seem like a very good lance. Not, not great. I mean, overall, this map, like, if you're going into it a little bit blind and you don't know what's happening, this can be one of the most frustrating maps in the game. But I knew I've known of this bridge for a long time and dreaded it for a long time. So I basically, when I was on this map, I basically made sure not to go too far ahead and not to get too far behind. And I was also kind of keeping like track of where the CPU was moving because the CPU being what it is already knows where the holes are. So I'm like, okay, the CPU is moving here, here and here and avoiding here, here and here. So I'm going to mimic that. And for the most part, I didn't have any trouble with the holes. With that chapter finished and, uh, Patrine finally dead. We get to know a little bit more about what's going on in Crimea. Apparently over the last year, tales of Alencia and those who support her have been spreading. And now the whole nation of Crimea is seems to be behind Alencia. And at first, people are... And the only reason why people even believe that Princess Alencia is a princess of Crimea is, funnily enough, going back earlier in the game, where we saw people saying, we're looking for the princess of Crimea. Eventually, word kept spreading out that Dan's looking for a princess Crimea. The people put two and two together and it's like, oh, this is Alencia. And then when you consider that, um, I don't think, I don't think we ever see Alencia's father, but we do see, um, what's his name? Is it Renning? Denning? No, <laughs> that's not, that's we not did, Denning. <laughs> but King Renning also has, you know, trademark green mustache and green hair. And then they hear of Alencia, green hair. You put all the pieces together and boom, what do you have? The princess of Crimea. 
Alencio. Thank you, Dane, for helping to spread those rumors and for helping to build this uh, little bit of a fire, this little bit of a spark behind the nation of Crimea. Thank you for that. Yep. And before the chapter closes, Renal shows up and he wants to talk to Nasir, but ah, dang it, Nasir escaped. Dang. Maybe next time. Unfortunately, next time will have to be chapter 24. Battle reunion. The army is going to go meet Jeffrey, uh, but Dane attacks. Yeah. Can we talk about Jeffrey's design for a minute? Sure. Why? It is so ugly. But we want to try to make him look, he looks kind of like Ephraim. We want to make him look like Ephraim, right? He really does look like Ephraim. I mean, funny, I mean, the, the funny thing is, is like this game and Sacred Stones were being developed at the same time. Like the internal files both call this game Fire Emblem 8. But yeah, like his armor is just like a really bright green. And then his hair is again, like Ephraim's where it's blue and it's just, it's so off-putting. They fix him in Radiant Dawn, but I, looking at this art, looking at his design again, I was like, ugh. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever, I never really used him because at this point in the game, I already, well, we, we, we'll get him at the end of this chapter, but I, I never really use him and I won't say his looks pay, play no part in that, but he's not a character I look at and be like, I want to use you. I want to fight with you in combat. Yeah, I mean, by this point, you probably have, what, Titania, uh, your Red and Green Knight, uh, Makalov, if you, if you, if you have them. Astrid, if you, you're using her. Oh, yeah, she died for me. No, no she, she's one of my best units. <sighs> Lucky. It's the first time Astrid, I've played this game multiple times. It is the first time I've had a good Astrid. I've never had this before. I'm loving it. But anyway, as, as Bastion and Jeffrey prepare for Lynch's arrival, as you said, we were attacked. Turns out the reason why they were able to stay hidden for so long is that the cell, the cellars beneath the Delbury Castle were the base of operations and they disguised themselves as merchants and merchants and peasants. Uh, we get word about this attack that's going on and Lucia wants to avoid this whole thing. Let's just get Alencia further into the capital, but Alencia don't want that. She wants to stay and fight. Is this where she's just like, no, and she's yelling? She, she's getting on to Lucy and Bastion. She, she's like, no, we're not leaving Jeffrey behind. Let's see here. Yeah, I, I did, I didn't write it down. I must have. Yeah, I think I actually missed it. But yeah, she's, she is admit, admit, and she's actually using her authority as the princess and saying, no, we're not doing this. Um, oh yeah, I, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote it like this. Jeffrey is acting as a decoy so Bastion and Lucia can lead Alencia to a new hiding place, but Alencia is just not having it. And when Lucia presses Ike, he also refuses. She doesn't want anyone else to be sacrificed for her for her, for her sake. But Ike also puts forward that, you know, hey, although I'm the general of this army, at the heart of everything, I'm still a mercenary, and my contract is still with the Princess Alencia. And if she wants to do this, we're doing this. We've got ourselves a fun map, but it's a good map, but dear Lord, I remember going back to this map so many times, and this was always a trouble map for me. I This was always one of the hardest maps in my memory, and I'm going to be honest, maybe I'm just super strong this time, but I stomped it this time. I've never stomped this map, and I was really happy about it. I also stomped this map pretty easily, because when you look at it, it's very open. It's very open. You've got... Uh, ballistas, uh, multiple ballistas surrounding the area. You've got a couple of, bi- you've got a big unit, boss unit at the south bottom left corner. You've got people constantly barraging the top left, but most of the, you've got a bunch of green units up top left, but they can mostly handle themselves. 
You've got pirates that come in in the top right, and if you wait long enough, some other stuff happens. And I mean, you've got long you've got long range mages. It has all the recipes for disaster if your team isn't leveled up very well. But I've I've got Titania, and Titania is just going to destroy everything. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's a very fun map though to be so open. You have multiple directions. You can split up if you want. Lots of stuff you can do. It's great. Solid map. Lucia and Bastion officially join the army on turn two. This one, this is the, I tried not to use this technique, but I felt like I needed to here to, for protection's sake. I actually used a Tanith's uh, reinforcements on this map because I was just like, I want a distraction squad. I want to distract all the ballistas, and I want to distract what I know is going to come on turn six. And turn six came, and we got ourselves a Black Knight where we spawned. Yup. Yeah. Uh, 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 Black Knight wasn't a problem for me. I uh, actually already, I was actually already, already on the other side of the map when he spawned. Yep, I was already on the run. I didn't feel like being cheeky and trying to do no damage to him. I did, I did think about it. I did think about getting cute and getting my people possibly killed, but yeah. What's very interesting is that all throughout the Path of Radiance and into Radiant Dawn as well, that even though you can't hurt some of these characters with other characters, they still have like special quotes and stuff. Which which is one of the reasons I was tempted to go for a fight, because the game does do good with its quotes. And this map, map had one of my favorites, not a battle quote. But I had Lucia talk to Ike at one point. Lucia is basically doing the whole noble knight of like, I have come to serve. I'm here to fight. And Ike is basically like, shut up. If you have time to talk, you have time to fight. Let's do this. <laughs> I love Ike. He's so just like, enough. Enough. Just fight. I, another, enough of this noble formality BS. Let's, I'm a mercenary. Let me just kill things. We have defeated another Dane general. Even though... I don't really remember this guy being of any importance, the guy who was at the bottom left, but he's a Dane general and he's defeated. Alencia goes off to have a conversation with her retainers. In the meantime, Ike goes off to meet the Black Knight. It's been about a year since these two have met each other. Ike's gotten a lot stronger. He's a lot more confident. And um, Black Knight says, let's go then. Ike actually charges up and does a critical hit to the Black Knight. And it does nothing. Ike still can't even scratch his armor, and the Black Knight reveals why. He's got blessed armor, and the only thing that can hurt it is something that's been blessed. And he says, that sword that I tossed to Grail in that cutscene a, a long time ago, that's the only thing you can got that could potentially hurt me. Hope you didn't lose it. Ike reveals that he's had this sword the entire time. He's had this sword since, like, Chapter 6. Yeah, he didn't want to use it. Or maybe not six, but very early in the game he's had it. How do you hide a large golden sword from, like, your entire army? That's a bit wonky, but, you know, whatever. It's a little out of nowhere, but, eh, whatever. Chapter 25. Strange Lands. It's time for Ike to march to meet his Galian allies. My notes are a little, uh, on the scare side for this one. I must have been playing this late. DeBarn is talking to Leanne. Leanne's talking in the ancient language. Um, Rayson ends up sending that letter, and DeBarn's like, okay, I'm going to have to go and meet them. Uh, then he has Lotz pack up Leanne's stuff. And, of course, Lotz doesn't understand Leanne because she talks in the ancient language. And Lotz, I'm guessing Lotz is a, is a younger hawk because he looks a little bit younger. And as she's 
saying look out behind you, or at least an equivalent of that, uh, Lot is like, I can't understand you, but I'm going to speak loud at you. And she, he goes, wait, something behind me? And then Lot gets murdered by the Black Knight. Black Knight steals Leanne. He just gets super bloodied. He might not be dead. Okay, he's he's probably dead. He's yeah, very he's, dead. He's very dead. Yeah, Black Knight's a jerk. Uh, we go back to end up going back to Dane. We have a conversation between uh, the Black Knight and why am I not? Why am I forgetting the big bad's name? <laughs> Ashnard. Good lord, my brain is dead right now. <laughs> the big thing from this is that we learn that the way Black Knight teleports is with arcane power, and apparently Black Knight says. Oh, arcane power saps my strength. Will that play out? Is that just random stuff? We'll find out, maybe. Thank you for the world building, I guess. Onto the info tab information, we get a hint that we don't want to stand in single file. Oh, no. Is this... Oh, this map. It's boulder map. We've got a map where we're going up a hill and there are a bunch of boulders. There are like eight boulders up top. This map is the worst. If y'all hated the bridge, I hate this map more. <laughs> this is dumb, but whatever. We get a hint. We get some more info tab. We meet Largo. He's hired. He's a barbarian, and he's like, "Oh, you're Spike. You're so small. How could you be a general of the army?" But then Cahill comes in and says, "Hey, this is General Like." And Largo goes, "What?" I can't remember. Is Largo or Largo and Cahill together? I think they are. I feel like they are. I never really use them because they already have a stacked roster by this point in the game so i never get their supports so <laughs> sorry largo i i never know your backstory i know nothing about largo straight up i know nothing about largo oh you'll you'll, you'll find out plenty about him in the next game uh important things about this map there are a bunch of wyverns there are boulders and the boss moves but because the boss moves he could get hit by a bunch of boulders and that's what happened with me <laughs> <laughs> It was wonderful. It was beautiful. <laughs> I took out the the boss had like twenty health or something by the time I took him out already. Fun fact about this boss: he actually has unique quotes or unique boss quotes were both Jill and Har. Too bad none of neither of them are alive for me. Yeah, I, I didn't write them down because it wasn't because it, it caught me off guard. And I wasn't thinking about it. But uh, this map is a pain in the butt. There's people constantly throwing rocks at you, whether it's through a catapult or the, them rolling them down on you. And, because of this, I lost a character. No. I lost Mist. Oh, no. I lost Mist. Mist is... Mist is my only healer. You do you not have... Have you not leveled up a mage to a high enough level to be a staff user? No. <laughs> no. I gave up on my Liliana. My Liliana was getting a horrid level up, so I had to bench her. My Soren's dead. Well, I wasn't going to use him anyways. But Soren's dead, so I have Khalil and she can't use staves right now. Tormod Squad. Ah, uh, no, he's way too underleveled. Can you get, can you master seal him? No, because he's way too underleveled. Enjoy enjoy not having healing. Yeah. Don't worry, I, that gets fixed pretty soon. Once this map is over, boss is defeated, we get a brilliant state <laughs> and amazing quote. <laughs> In a, in a cutscene by a Dane soldier who is about to drop five rocks on us or something like that, with the brilliant quote of, eat rock. <laughs> eat rock. Clever. <laughs> so clever. 
I love this guy. Too bad we couldn't see more of him because Tiburn comes in and just murders him, and he murders five Dane soldiers in one hit. Eat Rock guy. He he had potential. Uh, I, I wish Eat Rock guy survived. Hopefully we get to see him in Radiant Dawn. Maybe he's just injured here. Oh, well, on to backstory time. More exposition. We learn that King Goldman uh, fought alongside the goddess back in the day against a dark god. I, he's really old. Autocorrect. I'm pretty sure Autocorrect does something like that, because I don't remember his name being Goldman. No, no, you're his. He's the king of Goldoa. His name is Degenzia. Autocorrect. Why do you, I wrote down King Goldman because of you? Thank <laughs> you. Made me look like a fool. Autocorrect. It took me way too long to realize. Wait a second. Goldman was not his name. <laughs> Goldman almost sounds like a uh, Metal Gear Solid name. King Goldman. Well, King Goldman fight against with alongside the goddess against the dark god, <laughs> uh, and then we finally sort of reach the truth of the matter. Ike's army finally sort of realizes why this war is going on, why everything's happening. Apparently, Soren theorizes that if the entire continent is at war, the gar- dark god can be revived through the emblem and through the song and all that fun stuff. We finally understand some motives. It's time for the end game. But for now, we stop it. Oh, did we not do 26? No, 26 is next time. Dang, I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) I have full notes for 26. Save those notes. We'll cover them next time. Because next next time is the finale. We've got only four more chapters left. Oh, my gosh. It's so... um... Everything's not coming together. I'm still still kind of blown blown away from about this game and its storytelling. It's really good. It, it is the best story of any Fire Emblem game. It's it such a good job of world building. Yeah, and it's not just like the 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 big characters, but the small characters are also getting uh, some focus too. One thing that I think that you know we're not doing a very good job of is illustrating how vocal Alencia is in ever in all this stuff. Yeah, we're not giving Alencia much love. Sorry, Alencia. <laughs> it is, it's not on purpose; just that we have to condense so much. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours on end. Yeah, like this game is does a good job of featuring Ike, Alencia, and Soren because those three are the biggest sort of talkers in our army. Because you think about you know Shadow Dragon, like I don't really feel anything like because Marth and Nina are with each other a lot, but I don't really feel anything from Nina at all. And I bet I, I bet even by saying that, Carlos, you don't even know who I'm talking about. No, I don't remember who you're talking about. I I've I've erased Shadow Dragon from my memory. I didn't like that game. It ugly. Really. Well, you know, we're coming to the end of Path of Radiance, and uh, we are. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do that. Just, there, uh, we'll figure out what game we're playing next. There are is a multiple multitude of choices. Thank you for listening to the Emblem Support podcast. As always, you can reach us at Emblem Supports, at KD Corley, and at Plan Ordo. With all that said, chapter complete. Thank you.